Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, everyone. It's Lori. I'm so excited that I get to share with you on this week's podcast. I hope that you have been taking advantage of all of these podcasts that we have been putting out. I know that we appreciate the comments underneath the podcast episodes and the emails that you send to us telling us what an encouragement they are and telling us what you want to hear about. We also appreciate that. We want to know which topics you would like discussed on the podcast. So we are thankful for the interaction. Today, I want to talk to you about the topic of weariness. And I know that it's probably not a topic that gets you excited to hear about, but I want to talk to you about how we can overcome weariness when we're facing it in our life. The Bible has a lot to say about it and how we can deal with those seasons and how we can continue to keep our eyes focused on Christ when we're in the middle of those seasons. So I'm looking forward to jumping into this today and to talking to you all about it. Most of you know that we live in South Florida and we have the privilege of living in a very tropical environment, which is wonderful about three months out of the year. But the other months we are desperate and hoping and wishing that we lived somewhere else where we could have some reprieve from the weather. But with that comes the privilege of living close to the ocean. And while we are true Floridians, we don't take advantage of the beach as often as you would think, even though we live very close to it. But um, one of the cities that is close by has a beautiful pier. And under the pier, they have got an underwater camera. And I love checking in on that underwater camera and just looking at the vegetation and at the fish and at the sharks and the stingrays and the turtles and all the different animals that are there. It is the most relaxing thing to do. I wish I had more time just to sit and stare at it, but I will often try to just leave it up on my desktop when I'm in the middle of doing something so I can peek at it every once in a while. Um, But when you're looking at that, I'm constantly reminded of the reality of what's happening above that water. I'm looking at this peaceful, serene scene, but in reality, just a few yards away, there are people fishing, there are families on the sand, enjoying a day at the beach, um, and under the water, there's a reality outside of this shot that I can't see. For example, right now, as I'm looking at this underwater camera footage, I see just fish and swimming around and they don't seem like they're worried or in any danger, but I know that I don't have to watch this footage too long and sooner or later I will see a shark or two swim by. And whenever I watch this, I'm reminded of two things that God always seems to speak to me about. Number one is we can't always tell what is happening on the other side. And I know that you've heard us constantly use the example on the other side of that mountain. We can't tell what's happening. But for this example, I would say we can't tell what's happening underwater or above water because we only have a limited view. And that's such a good reminder for my life because I see things in just the view that I have. I see just the perspective that I'm looking at things through, and that's where I'm forging my reality. And so when we are looking at our circumstances, we need to 
try to look through the lens of Christ and what he sees and trusting him that he sees a reality that we have no idea about. He sees things happening in our circumstances that we can't even imagine. He is going ahead of us and preparing a way and he is protecting us from things. He is building fortresses around us that we don't see happening. And so it's such a good reminder for me when I'm looking at this, that there are things happening that I don't see in my limited perspective. The other thing that I'm constantly reminded of is that there are schools of fish that will appear on this image. And you will see those fish just hanging there as if they are frozen in time. There could be hundreds of them sometimes. And they are just sitting in the water, just still as could be, while other fish swim around them. And every once in a while, you can see the camera get close to the top of the water. And you can kind of see the ripple at the top of the image of the waves that are crashing over those fish. And it reminds me that even though the waves are crashing over them, they are remaining steadfast and they are still in the midst of what's happening. And when I look at it, it's mesmerizing. Now, I know that I've probably piqued your interest and you are going to go find where this underwater camera is. And I want you to look at it because you're going to thank me later, but I want you to see it. So I'll put a link in the bottom of the podcast notes where you can go check it out yourself and you'll get to see what I'm talking about. But when I watch those fish, it reminds me that even when things are crashing around me and when my circumstances seem like they're overtaking me, that I can be still just like those fish Not because I'm rejoicing in my circumstances, because while we can do that, that's difficult to do, but because I'm trusting in God who can see above the water. He can see things that I can't see. And as I think about weariness, I was just reminded of this image of the underwater camera, and I hope that it encourages you. I feel like I've been in a season of weariness lately for the past few months. While my day-to-day life didn't really reflect it to the outside world, my inner circle knew and my husband knew that there was some things that were really weighing heavily on me. My body also seemed to know because it seemed like every morning at 4 a.m. I would wake up and as soon as my eyes opened, my mind would start swirling with thoughts about the different situations that I was facing or decisions that our family had to make. In life, we know that we're going to have seasons or some of us are going to have many seasons where it feels like the darkness is going to overtake us, where it feels like the weariness is going to win, where it feels like hope will never come. Just as my 4 a.m. wake-up calls proved useless in solving my problems, worrying about situations that are out of our control don't solve anything. And one of those situations that I know many of you are facing is restoration in your marriage. You're praying and hoping and pleading with God that he will bring your spouse home. And I know that some of you are struggling with wondering if you were doing enough to see that restoration happen. And I want you to rest today in the peace and in the knowledge that your marriage restoration is not on your shoulders. God holds this together. You cannot memorize enough scripture or read enough books, or write enough apology letters to 
bring about restoration. It's up to God. I love the verses in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's my desire. I want my burdens to be light. And it doesn't mean that we're not facing burdens. It doesn't mean that we don't have things that are happening around us that are heavy. But when we're giving them to Jesus, we can rest because he is giving us that rest. I'm guilty of being a fixer, a chronic fixer, actually, not just a fixer, but a chronic fixer. And I constantly want to do things in my power and to fix things and to manipulate things. And I don't do it to be evil or to not trust God, but it's just my personality. And when I'm facing a situation where I need to rest in Jesus and I need to wait on him, that can be hard to do because I'm constantly trying to be the person who's doing things. But I need to constantly remind myself that while I think I'm helping things along, God doesn't need my help. He gets to do the worrying and I get to do the resting. What we can rest assured in is that every dark night is going to come to an end. The sun will rise every day. And we can trust in that because when we're in the middle of those dark nights, it seems like we're never going to see the sunrise again. It seems like the weariness is winning and the defeat has overtaken us. And we can trust that the sun will rise again. A few years ago, we did a series of Rejoice on the Road events, and the title of the conference was There's Hope. And I'm telling you, that is probably one of my favorite phrases, There's Hope. And it's something that I believe in my heart, but some days I believe it only in my head. And I have to allow God to really penetrate that and get that to my heart. In Romans 5, verses 3 through 5, Paul talks about this. And it says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We are going to suffer. It's unavoidable. But we can suffer in hope because we know what Christ is producing. He's doing things through that suffering. And I am in no way suggesting that we skip down the street begging for suffering to come our way. We don't need to do that, actually. You probably have already witnessed that in your life. It's going to happen. It's going to come our way. But when we're in the midst of it, we can glory in our sufferings because of Jesus and because of the price he paid on the cross and because we know who wins, even when we're suffering, even when we're weary, even when we're facing those struggles. One of my favorite Bible stories is about Joseph and the struggles that he faced. Joseph, who was hated by his brothers and favored by his father, was sold into slavery. Now, I grew up with two brothers, and we would have some battles growing up. But to my knowledge, they never attempted to sell me into slavery, or I could have ended up like Joseph in a position where I could be quite bitter. But Joseph was sold into slavery, falsely accused and thrown in prison, and he struggled greatly because of the actions of his brothers. And it seems like a situation where he had plenty of time 
to have a slowly festering anger over where he was and God's allowing him to be in that situation. But Joseph realized that God was with him through the suffering and that despite where he was, he could see the loving hand of his father helping him. In Genesis 45, you see the restoration happening. And as people who are praying for restoration, I hope that you'll go read that story again and be reminded. Because that's when Joseph sees his brothers and he makes himself known to his brothers. And he could have let the years of what he had been through and the anger come out at that moment, but he didn't. In Genesis 45, verse 3, Joseph says to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. As you can imagine, I mean, they thought he was gone. And here he is right in front of them. Verse 4 picks up. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Can you even imagine what they thought? I mean, They were probably stunned. I can't imagine what they were thinking. Verse five says, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land and for the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Joseph saw what was happening and he saw the goodness in what he was facing. He saw the goodness despite the weariness that he had been facing for so many years. He had his opportunity right then to lash out at his brothers and to accuse them and to tell them how angry he was for what he had faced. But instead he offered them forgiveness because he saw what God allowed to happen despite the situation he was in. And I pray that you will constantly look for what God is allowing to happen and see the goodness of God in the midst of it, because there will always be goodness of God in the midst of those hard days. On those days where we're weary, God is still at work. I want you to click on that link that I'm going to put in for the underwater camera I want you to look at those images and I want you to just have that as a reminder when you're feeling overwhelmed, the waves are crashing over us, but we can still be still because of Christ. We can be still because we're trusting in him. And I know that it's hard to do, but it's possible to do. And we could be like Joseph and look for the hand of God in the situations that are overwhelming. As we close, let me read a verse from 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. 
These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. When you're weary and you're overwhelmed, that's what you cling to. Jesus Christ will be revealed, and we can put our hope in that fact. Don't let the circumstances that you are facing, don't let the diagnosis that you are facing, don't let the divorce papers you are facing make you so weary that you lose hope because there is always hope because of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you today as we close. Father, I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross and to show us through that sacrificial gift that there is hope. Lord, I pray today for the one who is struggling and feels so overwhelmed and feels like those waves are crashing over them and they're not still beneath the water. They're not peaceful. They are struggling. They're overwhelmed. Lord, I pray that you would just comfort that person today. I pray that they would just sense your presence. I pray that they would reach out to you through your word, through time with you, listening and hearing from you. Father, I pray that they would be able to feel your presence like never before. Lord, we know those days are going to come where we get weary and we're overwhelmed, but we know who wins. We know who holds the victory. And even though we may not see the victory today, I ask that you would help us to just remain steadfast and focused on you. Lord, I pray for these prodigals that are represented by each and every listener today Lord, I pray that even right now, you would go after those prodigals, that you would chase after them, that you would block their path of sin. Lord, I pray that they would not find joy in the sin that they've gotten themselves involved in. I pray that they would be reminded of home constantly, that they would be reminded of their wedding day. They would be reminded of the vows they took. They would be reminded of the children who they've walked away from. Lord, we have seen you do miracles and we know that you can do it and we're asking for you to do it again in the lives of these people who are praying for their families. God, give them strength as they're praying. Give them a steadfast resolve to not give up. Lord, I thank you for the way that so many of these men and women have gotten to know you in a more personal way that they are just looking to you for their future. And Lord, we know that good will come from our trials and we thank you for the way so many of them have seen good come from their trials. Lord, I pray that as we finish up this podcast, that you would just constantly remind these men and women of what you've done throughout the Bible and the ways that you have cradled the people in the midst of their weariness. And Lord, we ask that you would cradle these men and women today. Thank you for the price you paid. Thank you for our gift of salvation, Lord. Thank you for covering us when we feel like we're overwhelmed and for wrapping your arms around us. And I pray that you would just do that for each and every man and woman today. In your name, amen. Well, I hope you will go check out that link that we're going to put below and look at that underwater camera. If for nothing else, it's going to be a relaxing reminder of the life that we live here in South Florida. I wanted to also remind you of the challenge video that my mom sent out a few days ago. And if you haven't had a chance to go watch that, I encourage you to watch it. It's just a couple minutes long and it's a good challenge for the ways you can make it through the summer. 
when summer is not going your way. And so I hope that you'll go to our website and you can find that under the videos on our website. I also want to encourage you that if you are being blessed by the work that we're doing at Rejoice Marriage Ministries, if the daily devotionals that come out and the podcast, the phone calls from our prayer partners that some of you are able to receive, the anniversary and birthday cards that we give, if the many things that we are doing is blessing and encouraging you, I would ask you to prayerfully consider donating to the work that we do. About 90% of the money that comes in to cover our operating cost comes directly from donations from people like you. And so when those donations slow down over the summer, it puts us in a crunch where we're trying to figure out how to keep on budget so that we can pay the operating expenses that we have to continue ministry. So I would just ask you to prayerfully consider that. And while we're in the summer months where people are often forgetting about the nonprofits that they support, I would just remind you that we're here and remind you that any gift is a blessing to us. Some people give us a dollar and that is a blessing and God has multiplied that. And he not only allows us to use it to further the ministry that we're doing and spreading the word about God's ability to heal hurting marriages, but because we tithe off every dollar that comes in, it allows us to invest in other Christian ministries that are also doing work that helps minister to families. And so the gift keeps going and going, and that's the way it should be. So I would just ask you to consider doing that. I will put a link below in the notes if you would like to go directly to donate online. You could do that easily there, or you can also go back and visit our website and donate there. So thank you for your support. We love you. Please remember to contact us through our website if you have any specific prayer requests so that we can be praying for you. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast.